1: Yeah, so someone asked about egg donation. Uh, Sadly, in Australia, our ethics, Australian Ethics Committee is still not allowing us to pay donors. So there's little incentive for a 25-year-old woman to come forward and donate eggs. In countries like Spain and even in the UK now, payments of around about $1,500 are being made to donors and that's obviously an incentive for some people to think it's worthwhile doing. Because if you imagine what it involves for a donor, they've got to go through a whole IVF cycle with all the injections, have the procedure to collect the eggs, and to get nothing for it, other than a feel-good factor, it's not surprising we don't get egg donors. So in Sydney, our group, IVF Australia, does have some egg donors from time to time, and uh, our donor team uh, will try and distribute them to the, the most needy people. But anybody out there that knows somebody that would like to give eggs to help out a fellow lady, please feel free to contact me and we would jump at the opportunity. Someone's asked a very basic question, which is how does IVF work? I'm not sure any of the audience, it sounds like most of you have been through it, so this is going to be a fairly basic answer for you guys because you know. But IVF works because we create an embryo and by creating an embryo we've got around a couple of the hurdles that stop couples conceiving. Getting a sperm and an egg together in the laboratory guarantees almost that an embryo will be formed. And then when we put that embryo back into the uterus, which is a simple procedure, a bit like a pap smear, we're putting it back in the place where it should be then depending on the quality of the embryo, we will get a pregnancy. So basically IVF is bypassing the natural process, which is an egg being released inside the woman's tummy, finding its way down the fallopian tube, meeting the sperm, coming the other way, and creating a pregnancy which then ultimately ends up back in the uterus. So we're bypassing all of that by collecting the eggs, collecting the sperm and doing it all in the lab. So I hope that's a basic description of how it works. What you have to go through to get to those steps does involve injections in the tummy, a bit like diabetics have on a daily basis. It does involve having blood tests done and ultrasounds to make sure that the things are going in the right direction. And obviously there's the procedure itself to remove the eggs, which can only be done under sedation or a general anesthetic. About a 20-minute process to get the eggs and then usually five days waiting to put that embryo back. So that's, I hope, a summary of where that, where IVF sits. Someone's asked me where i was located and I think I've already answered that question. Jordan explains that he responded to a lady that said she was only told 3% because of her age. And so I think Jordan's question was how old. So I think that's earlier in the piece and what did Christine say her age was? I'm not sure, sorry. One of the other questions, the general question that I was asked is what about success rates? What are they and what affects them? In 2020, I think we can be optimistic for women under the age of 35 that when we have a good embryo to put back in the uterus, we will get a 40 to 45% chance of a positive pregnancy test. If we go to a woman at 40, That will drop to around 25 to 30 percent. For yet to 44, as Christine, I think it was, we drop right down to 3 percent. So you can see age is the biggest factor, but it's not the only factor. Other factors that come into play are the general health of the patient. You know, obese women have a lower pregnancy rate. Having diseases like endometriosis can reduce the pregnancy rate unless they've been properly treated. So other things come into account. So straightforward numbers don't necessarily relate to you as an individual. And that's why it's very important to see a fertility specialist who's who's well qualified to make those comments. Uh, when I talk about well qualified, what I'm talking about is something called a CREI. That's a Certification in Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility, which is given by the Royal Australian College of Obstetrics and Gynaecology, to people who've studied for an extra three years to become experts in the field now there are about 75 around australia but it's worth seeking them out if you're having trouble because we're the people who understand at a very basic level the science of reproduction so those making that assessment of success, age is number one but there are other factors we have another question from christine she says, can a blastocyst split again when inserted into the uterus? Uh, yes, it can. So in when we put a blastocyst back, so we're putting one embryo back, there is about a 1.2% across Australia, is what the data says, yes, 1.2% of ending up with identical twins. So it can happen, yeah.
0: Jordan says, I
1: started at 42, incredible team, and then says, I think I'm going in with a positive mind. Trusting the medical team involved helps too. Absolutely. You know, I think it's very important that you find a doctor and nursing backup who you feel comfortable with. You know, we are horses for courses. Some people prefer young, dynamic people. Some of us are older and more wise, and some people prefer that. It is variable, and, and but it is important to find somebody who you believe in and who you trust. And that can mean a little bit of shopping around. And certainly asking friends or using pages like this can be helpful to, uh, to find the right person. We talked about twins momentarily, and, and somebody's actually asked me, why can't I have twins? I want to have twins. Why don't we do, put more than one embryo back? It's a question I get asked a lot. It certainly increases the chances of success because obviously, two embryos, one works, one doesn't, or both work. The problem, the problem today is, the quality of embryos is so good, is that twins occur very frequently if we put two embryos back. But twins have problems. It may sound wonderful to get it all over and done in one hit, but in fact, the chances of losing a baby, a baby dying, is twice as common in a twin pregnancy as a singleton pregnancy. And probably more disturbing than that is the risk of having a baby with cerebral palsy, brain damage for the rest of its life, is four times more common in a twin pregnancy than in a singleton pregnancy. So I hope you can see why specialists only put one embryo back. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu.
0: Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF Journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on one 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au